We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Hey, we have a schedule release. It's Newsday, baby. It's Thursday night. 8.23 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Uh, and we've finally gotten a chance to digest the Niners' schedule. We're going to go through uh, with our takeaways. We've got some predictions coming up for you. As Candlestick Chronicles, he's Chris. I'm Kyle. You know the drill. Uh, Chris, the heat beating is in full swing. It was warm today. It was hot. It was really warm, and I'm also at the point of quarantine hair where... Like, I'm not happy I'm admitting this, but on my walk today, I was a little windy. My hair is so long now that it's sort of getting to my eyes, which is which is like the first time that's happened since grade school, I think. Oh, man. And I kind of have been doing like the hair flip thing. Oh, like, I love get it. Get out of my face. Oh, that's great. Is, uh, Emo Chris. Yeah, very emo. Like, I'm normally go pretty high to some and tight. Heights. <laughs> I'm, I'm normally pretty high and tight with the hair. So this is a this is a massive adjustment. And um, you're you're probably reaching the point in hair length where it starts altering your body temp. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I mentioned it because it it did get hot in the South Bay today, and um and yeah, this is the new reality. I'm starting to look like Jim Halpert a little with the hair going on, which is wow, that's a lofty comparison for yourself. As you well, just the hair, thing. not not like a, it's not a <laughs> it's not like a cheekbone thing. It's just the hair. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. And speaking of getting hot. The NFL schedule, it's heating up, Chris. It dropped today. 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it dropped today. We're not going to read you the schedule because PowerPoint presentations where the teacher just reads off the PowerPoint is annoying. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the schedule, Google that shit. Pause this, Google the schedule, and then you'll be able to follow along. We're going to start with takeaways. We'll get into some predictions here in a little bit. Chris, what was your, I don't want to say biggest, what was your first takeaway uh, from the Niners' 2020 schedule? Yeah, so the games weeks 7 through 10, um, starting with the Pats at, or sorry, at New England, at Seattle, home to Green Bay, and at New Orleans is definitely the toughest stretch of the season. It's three road games. It's four teams that went to the playoffs last year. Um, but there is a little bit of an interesting wrinkle in that you go to New England and then you go to Seattle. You come back and you play Green Bay on a Thursday, which is a tough turnaround, but that's a pretty far distance for Green Bay to travel on a short week. And then the benefit of playing them on a short week is that you get an extra three days of rest before going to New Orleans for what might end up being the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Um, and then you get your bye after New Orleans. So after that sort of gauntlet of a stretch there, you get your bye. Um, and and like I said, the Thursday night game is, is the unique wrinkle. And I also really like, uh, just from like a football standpoint, the last three weeks could be really, really interesting. At Dallas, at Arizona, and then home for Seattle to finish it out. Three NFC teams, two division games, obviously. Um, the Cardinals, you and I have talked about being a team that could potentially make that leap into, you know, from mediocrity to, to sort of contending for a playoff spot, potentially, if yeah. they are as good as you and I both think they can be, uh, at Arizona week 16 could be a fascinating matchup. And of course there's, there's the Seattle game week 17, just like they did last year. Uh, what were your takeaways? What'd you like? Uh, the, the, one of the things that jumped out to me was, and I'll just kind of start here because it, you led me right to it. The Thursday night game against the Packers leading into that new Orleans game, I think is really advantageous for the 49ers. I don't think the Packers got better this off season. In fact, they, they might've taken steps backward. Uh, I, I, I think, I think that, that that's a very favorable schedule for the 49ers where they travel to new England their next road game is up in Seattle. They don't have a ton of travel to Seattle and back on the short week. And then they get some extra rest before going to New Orleans, which which I think is which I think is big. And then one of their other primetime games, they have five of them. One of their other ones is Monday night against the Bills. They play that game at home. And then on the short week, they get to stay home and play Washington, which might wind up being their easiest game of the year. Yeah. barring Dwayne Haskins turning into a league MVP. So right. that when you when you just look at the primetime slate, those are the two kind of schedule advantages you get. And I think for the Niners those shook out really favorably. And that's that's what that's what stood out from that that kind of gauntlet you talked about in the middle of the season. The fact that it's scheduled kind of the way it is is makes that as easy as possible, I think. Yeah, and you know what's interesting too? It it feels like the league every time the the schedule comes out, it feels like there's one or two things that really goes in the 49ers' favor. And this year, yeah. I mean, they've they've only played on the road on a Thursday night one time since Levi Stadium has been built. Wow. Or at least they played they played that Thursday, the opening season there. It was a um, Thanksgiving game against Seattle, but since then 
the only road Thursday night game has been in Arizona last year. All the other years they've had home Thursday night games, and this year they get home Thursday night again against the Packers. Um, but then, you know, we, we talked about coming into this, the 49ers' longest trips of the year being against both New York teams on the road and New England. Well, they happen, They just so happen to get the Jets and the Giants, those road games, in back-to-back weeks, weeks two and three. And so now the 49ers are probably going to stay over there. Um, I don't know if they're, if they're going to stay in the New York area. That's personally what I'm hoping for from a selfish standpoint. There's a good chance they go back to Youngstown. Um, they could even go back down to Florida to IMG Academy, which is where they were last year between the Ravens and, and Saints games. Um, but it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty helpful thing for the 49ers not have to fly back from New York after playing the Jets and then go back out there to play the Giants. So they're definitely going to take advantage of that. And, and that was something I had assumed would happen if that, if they did happen to get those games back to back and John Lynch went on NFL network and, and pretty much confirmed it too. Um, so that works out in the 49ers favor because being a West coast team, you're going to travel a lot. And if you could cut down on an entire, um, East Coast trip back and forth. That's right. that's a pretty big thing. And not to mention those two games in New York. This is another takeaway I had. Those two games in New York, weeks two and three, first against the Jets, Frank Gore's Jets, and the New York Football Giants are their only 10 a.m. starts of the season. When when the schedule first came out, you looked at Dallas as a potential 10 a.m. Right. Uh, West Coast start. New England, New Orleans, both uh, both New York teams. It looked like the Niners might have some some issues with that, but they only played two 10 a.m. games, they 10 a.m. Pacific games. They're in weeks two and three, so the body isn't super adjusted to kind of the ebbs and flows of the right yeah. of the schedule. And then, as you mentioned, they'll, they'll stay somewhere on the East Coast between those two games. So they'll have even more time to adjust to that to that 10 a.m. schedule, and I don't think either the Jets or Giants are going to be very good this year. So, yeah. So let's real quick the the games that could have been early body clock games, which aren't at New England is going to yeah. be late afternoon. At New Orleans, 3:25 local start late afternoon, and then at Dallas, a, a NBC game at 7:20 local time. Right. So yeah, that's a that's a huge development. The fact that the 49ers only have they're really only going to have one 10 a.m. body clock game. Yeah, I think getting those East Coast games out of the way early, too. Yeah. Like, they're home for Arizona, then they fly to the East Coast, and they're just there for two weeks. We saw them open the season last year in Tampa Bay and then Cincinnati. They won both of those games. I just, uh, another note, you you tweeted about this, and, and I, I wrote about it as well. The, the, the Niners last year, after staying on the East Coast, the second game uh, on those back-to-back trips, they averaged 44.5 points a game. And went two and zero, so yeah, over five hundred yards in both yeah. those games. So that that that's been pretty advantageous for them as well. Yeah, I thought the 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 one of the big takeaways for me when the Niners twenty twenty opponents were set was man first play schedule. This is going to be rough. The Niners don't play a playoff team until week four, right? Uh, a twenty nineteen playoff team until week four when they face the Eagles and the Eagles kind of limped in. And 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 lost in the first round, and that was that was one of those things that I didn't think they were going to have a stretch of games like that all year. And they kick off the season. Arizona is going to be good, though. I think I think Arizona, even if they're eight and eight, they're going to be very tough to beat. They were tough to beat last year for for the Forty ers 
then you get the Jets and Giants and then and then the Eagles. I I was very surprised that the beginning of the schedule didn't look more more difficult. Yeah, I mean yeah, we don't we don't know and, and that's a, the one yeah, thing that's that, right. That's that's the one thing that Kyle Shanahan said um today. I, I just watched his interview along with John Lynch when when he was on NFL Network for their their big season spectacular extravaganza TV show they made out of tonight. But um, Shanahan basically said like what he looks at when the schedule comes out is when's the bye week, when's the Thursday game. And then he starts going through opponents. And he basically said like after week four, um, you know, you really have no idea what the league is going to look like. And you know, a team that went to the playoffs last year could be, um, you know, they, they could lose a quarterback and or a coach could be fired and whatever. Right. I mean, there's a lot that could happen early on in the season. Um, so we don't know what what it's going to look like. And it's always funny because we go through that, uh, the strength of schedule thing. Um, and, and this year it's, you know, I, I just don't know that the strength of schedule has ever been a super important thing because as our buddy Nick Wagner tweeted right before we came on here, it's like, half the teams that made the playoffs last year aren't going to make it, which means, you know, there's going to be like six teams that, that do make the playoffs that we didn't expect to, you know, we didn't expect to see them there. So, right. you know, Arizona's set certainly won. Some people think the Jets have an actual shot in the AFC East. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm buying that. Um, you know, maybe Miami's a little bit more frisky than people think after a good draft. Uh, we'll have to see. But, I mean, the second half of the season is, is going to be really fun. Um, really after the first one, two, three, after the first six games, the remaining 10 are all like, are all pretty quality opponents with the exception of Washington. And even still Washington could be one of those teams because of how loaded they might end up being on the defensive side now that they got Chase Young. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And that's why I think the Niners, they had that such an early buy last year. And I think it affected them down the stretch for sure yeah Uh, i mean they kind of battled through it but you saw them kind of eking those games out uh the week 11 by is is going to be a lot more helpful i think especially since they come out of that four game stretch we talked about patriots seahawks packers saints they get the bye week then they're at the rams they get the bills monday night washington they're at the cowboys on a sunday night they're the cardinals on either a saturday or sunday and then uh, they're home for the Seahawks. I think getting that bye right before that last little six-game stretch is going to be is going to be really really big because there's not. Uh, I, I don't think you know projecting next season outside of Washington. I don't think there's a necessarily easy game in there. And the thing is too is if the Niners are in a spot to contend for a playoff spot, which we obviously think they will be, that Arizona game week sixteen is probably going to get moved to Saturday. Um, so you're going to travel to Dallas the week before that, come back, and then potentially have to travel to Arizona on a short week. Um, that could be really tough, and it could be a really big game. So yeah. I, it's yeah. it's just one yeah, of those that's... variables. That, I mean, it's Saturday or Sunday right now. So if I would imagine if both the Niners and, and Cardinals are competitive, that's going to be the game that's flexed into that uh, Saturday night NFL Network slot, similar to... Uh, that December game last year against the Rams. I I overall look at the schedule and I, I I think that if if I'm I, I mean I'm not saying I am, but if how I think these teams are gonna be this year is correct, 
I don't see any games that are like egregiously standing out as oh man, that's like a schedule loss. Like like last year, the Falcons. The Falcons game after the Niners lost, they 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 could have and should have won that game, but they lost. And when you look back, it was after that stretch of Seattle, Green Bay, then at Baltimore and at New Orleans. Right. And then they got the Falcons before finishing up the season against the Rams and the Seahawks. Right. And just looking at that after the game, it was like, oh, that, of course, that was a classic trap game. And we'll get there. I'm sure we'll see some on the schedule once the season starts and we start seeing how good or bad teams are and how the, how the standings are shaking out and all that. But just looking at it right now, I don't think there's one of those games on there. Uh, just just because of where how the travel is, where the bye week is, and, and all that. Yeah, and we should point out too. Obviously, the big cloud sort of hanging over the entire schedule thing is is the coronavirus and the COVID nineteen nah. situation. Um, I've been trying to dig around and and figure out what. Uh, what the people who are, you know, at the top of the league making these decisions are are thinking about all of this stuff. And Mike Florio wrote a piece about how the league is generally confident that one, a season will happen uh, largely because there will be enough testing to ensure at least that players will be able to play. So there's optimism that there is going to be football and it's likely going to happen on schedule. But the big question could potentially be, um, you know, it, is there an opportunity for us to push the season back a month and get fans in the seats? Because it could be a massive, you know, it's a massive financial decision, right? Um, so the 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 NFL, from my perspective, and, and just, you know, doing a little bit of digging around, the NFL is going to do everything it can to make sure that they can get fans in the seats because it's a huge financial issue. If each team, say each team loses, and I brought this up in our George Kittle conversation, if there are no fan, if there are no fans at games this season, which is a distinct possibility, um, each team could potentially lose something in the neighborhood of a hundred million dollars in revenue. Uh, multiply that by thirty-two teams, three point two billion dollars. That's ends up being roughly like $48 million against the cap hit against the cap, like shrinking the cap in 2021 because the salary cap is a product of revenue. Um, and then you go through the splits that you give to the players and all that the players split, that's a salary cap, right? So 48% of total revenue is how divided by 32 is how the salary cap is structured. If every team loses a ton of revenue, a hundred million dollars in revenue, then it's potentially catastrophic for the league from a financial standpoint because teams won't be able to field the players that they're playing or paying. Sorry. And so anyway, from a the, the, that's the bit. I mean, we have to talk about it. We have to at least mention the fact that we have no idea what the season's going to look like, um, what the media situation is going to look like. Are we going to be going to the games? Are we only going to go to the home games and um, are we going to do like post-game pressers on Zoom after the fact or whatever? Um, so that's what we don't know. So there's there's a very good chance that the schedule looks completely different than the way the league outlined it. But uh, I will say from, from doing a little bit of digging, the league's optimistic that there will be football and they're going to do everything they can to get fans in the seats because that's a really important thing. And mm-hmm. it might end up requiring them to um, to delay the start of the season. Um, 
they don't want to do that, but they might have to if that's what it takes to to get fans in the seats. So anyway, we might end up we might end up getting you know games until the second half of the season with no fans or or something like that. I don't know. It's it's all up in the <laughs> air. There are I, tons and tons of moving parts, including you know local governments and governors and federal government, and it's all you know. Um, but to sum it up, the league is confident there's going to be enough testing for COVID-19 that they will be able to have football games. It just, whether or not they'll be able to fill stadiums with thousands of people is a different discussion. I thought it was a little bit funny that there was reporting on Wednesday before the schedule release that all the, all the opposite, all the non-conference games were going to be front loaded with the other two conference games from you know, the Niners played the winner of the NFC North and the NFC South. Those were also going to be up there. So that way all the division games were backloaded in case they had to cancel games and the Niners open against the division opponent. <laughs> right, right. I was not ready for that. I was not braced for that at all. Uh, what if when the Niners played the Bills, just a bunch of guys named Bill showed up? <laughs> it's like, oh man, is that Polian down there? Yeah, he came <laughs> to play the 49ers. We're playing against the Bills. Is that Cartwright? <laughs> wrong sport. <laughs> Uh, Okay, yeah, we've got some predictions to make, but let's get to a break first. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in the all-important discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E. Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, everybody's favorite part, predictions that we are sticking to firm no matter what. Credibility depends on it. I do not reserve the right to change any of these predictions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no we're gonna we're gonna go through it's it's still way too early and i'm sure we'll do uh, another prediction once we get to see kind of what these teams look like through the preseason if there is one or through training camp if there is one see what players are going to be available and unavailable but uh in our society it's fun to have knee-jerk overreactions so we are going to do uh, game-by-game predictions let's start with week one September 13th, 125 kickoff from the pocket, 49ers versus Cardinals. Chris, Wait, your the predict. pocket? Yeah, that's what I call Levi Stadium. Oh, I've never heard that before. The pocket. Wow, cool. I pitched it like to you jeans. while we were walking up to the game one time, and you went, wow, I've never heard that before. So, yeah, I, I, mean, that's like cool. I, I only remember like a third of the things you tell me. <laughs> great. Um, perfect. It's great. We should do a podcast together. <laughs> Uh, so my prediction, um, yes. I think the 49ers are going to win, but I think it's going to be a close and tough game. Um, Isaiah Simmons' first ever game in the NFL is going to be against a player he was basically drafted to cover, uh, yeah. which is George Kittle. Um, so that'll be super interesting. Um, Kyler Murray potentially taking a big leap in his second year is really interesting. DeAndre Hopkins' first game with the Arizona Cardinals. 
also, again, very interesting. We don't know if their offensive line is going to be any good yet or their defense, um, but they are a vastly improved team. But I think ultimately the 49ers are are going to come out playing well in their first game since losing the Super Bowl. Um, and it's going to be kind of an ongoing theme throughout the years, how pissed off they are and, you know, whatever, revenge tour, all that stuff. Um, but I think they're going to take it out on the Cardinals to open the season. And, uh, and I'm picking the 49ers to win. Yeah, I also have the Niners beating the Cardinals. I have them. I had to do a score prediction piece, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read off scores too. Wow, I have the score four, prediction. Piece. Yeah, I have the 49ers winning that one, 28 to 23. How many yards does Jimmy have? I think Jimmy goes for 317 in that one. He throws for three tutties, one pick, and it's like the post game narrative is yeah, Garoppolo was was good, but there was still that. You know, that one bad throw. Right. Um, but no, I have the Niners winning a close one, 28-23 uh, over the Cardinals in week one. Okay. Uh, week two. Yep. Traveling to New York, facing Frank Gore and the Jets. Uh, Chris, who wins at MetLife Stadium? So this is going to be the Jets' home opener. Yes. Um, there are some people who believe in the Jets, and they still have Jamal Adams as of this podcast. Uh, Quinn and Williams in his second season. He um, wasn't good in his first season. He wasn't as good as Nick Bosa. I Yeah. But um, Frank Gore, I mean, the Niners are probably going to win, and they should win pretty handedly, but the Jets might be a little bit frisky. And, like, September games are just weird. You know, like, that. That's that's the other thing, like, no off-season program. We have no idea what training camp's going to be like. There might be just some super-duper sloppy football early in September. Yeah. Um, so it might not be as easy as we think, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the 49ers to beat the Jets. I have the Niners trouncing the Jets for a lot of the same things that you just said. Trouncing. Yeah, the, the Jets already struggled on offense last year, and if the off-season is truncated where they don't, get Sam Darnold to work with his new receivers and uh, Adam Gase doesn't have a ton of time to to make the necessary adjustments to make his offense not one of the worst in the league. I think they're really going to struggle at least early on in the season. I have the Niners winning this one 38-13 and I'm not sure it's that close. Real quick, do you know what the Jets record was last year? I think they went 6-10. and 10. They're 7-9. and nine. Huh. Interesting. Terrible. They Don't they feel like a 5-11 and 11 team? Yeah, but they I think they kind of were, but they had like a fluky win against the Cowboys there okay. uh late in the year. Or I guess that was when was that? Was that late in the year? No, that was <laughs> that was week six. Good, yeah, I mean this good, isn't meant. I mean. They, we don't they need beat to go. The, they beat the Steelers and Bills. Yeah, you know, I mean they were they were thirty <laughs> second in yards, thirty first in points. Their defense was okay. I think the Jets are going to stink. What do you want from me? I think the Niners <laughs> kill them. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, week three, Niners stay in New York. They're at MetLife Stadium again, facing Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and the Fighting Giants. What do you got? I got the Niners going 3 0. I don't think I, there's a whole lot of analysis here. I do as well. I have them winning this one 31 16. Now the Niners <laughs> head back home. I love that you got scores. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. And I thought hard about these. <laughs> Uh, because you can't just do 24, 21, 27, 20. Like you can't do that. You got to pick the random one where it's like 16. They got a tutty and three field goals. Like it's right. a weird score. And like uh, a missed two point conversion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, week four, Niners uh, home against the Eagles. I'll start this one. I have the Niners winning 27-20. I think it's going to be a good game because Carson Wentz in week four should still be healthy, and the Eagles are good when Carson Wentz isn't there. Um. So here's the thing. And I oh, think, don't you zag on me. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm zagging because here, here's the, here's the reasoning. It's that you're going to spend a lot of time in the East coast. Um, you're going to, you're, you're going to know you're a lot better than the Eagles. And the Eagles are one of those teams that like, if they play well and have a good game, they're as good as anybody in the league, right? Like they still have a very good roster last year. They were decimated yeah. by injuries. Um, not entirely sure what their receiving core is going to look like, particularly early in the year. And we still well, they have Marquise know, Goodwin, right? They have Marquise Goodwin. That's exactly my point. <laughs> and I'm not a, a, exactly sure what the secondary is going to look like, but two weeks on the road coming back, you mentioned the, uh, Falcons game from last year. This sort of feels a little bit like that to me. So I'm just going to say that this is one of those games where the 49ers slip up and lose to a team that they should beat. Um, and uh, and so I, I think they go I think they're going to lose this one three and one uh, through the first quarter quarter mark of the season. So you think it's akin to the Falcons game a little bit last year? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. I think the Niners go for them. OK, uh, they stay home and they go back to the AFC East uh, at Levi Stadium hosting the Miami Dolphins, who their quarterback is, is uh Yet to be determined. I'm guessing Ryan Fitzpatrick will start the year, but by week five, we may see a Tua Tungavailoa siding. I have the Niners winning this one 31-20. Yeah, Niners are better than uh better than the Dolphins. And well I'm trying to trying to look at their death chart and see how many players I recognize. Devontae um, Parker. They still have Josh Rosen. Matt Breida. Oh, Matt Breida, good point. Yeah, uh, revenge game. Um, they yeah, have I'm, I'm, uh, that that one guy. He's super fast. He's small. They got Byron um, Jones. Oh yeah, they do have Byron. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard's really good. Yeah, I mean the Niners are going to win. That. They're, they're going to uh, bounce back. They're going to bounce Flores back from. Coach. They're going to bounce back from losing to the Eagles to to win. So you have them at four and one. I have them at five and zero. Oh. Yeah, you'll notice a pattern with my picks here. Okay. Week six, Niners <laughs> home against the Rams. Wait, did you what pick you the Niners to go undefeated? Is that the Shh. pattern? Relax. Okay. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, week six, Niners Sunday night football hosting the Rams. Chris, who wins this one? Uh, the 49ers win. Yeah. Because I, the, I, I, I am completely selling all my Ram stock at this point. Dude, um, how did they not draft an offensive lineman sooner than round seven? Yeah, with all their needs and their lack of oh. picks and the fact they went running back with their first choice. And I'm very much not. I'm I'm not like anti running back analytics guy like a lot of people are these days. Mm-hmm. I'm very much pro running back, but I think like I'm pro running back for teams with good rosters. Um, like I I would have been fine if the Niners had done something like draft a stud running back if they had moved back into like round two. I think it would have made sense. Um, and I know I'm in the minority on that, obviously, but which is fine. But uh, yep. the Rams doing it, they had too many other needs, and I just I think they're going the wrong direction as much as I respect and like Sean McVay's coaching style and all of that. Just don't see it th- with them this year. I think the 49ers roll them. Yeah, I think that they went all in a couple years ago and it hasn't worked out for them. And I think they are going to reap what they sow a little bit. 
I think the Niners win this one going away 34-17. to 17. Moving on to Week 7, it's back in the AFC East, heading to New England Patriots to face Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I did that on purpose. Uh, Bill Belichick and Jared Stidham. At least I'm assuming it'll be Jared Stidham. Maybe it'll be a Brian Hoyer re- revenge game. That's uh, October 25th. Uh, maybe. It might. Uh, 1.25 p.m. Pacific time start. I have the Niners winning a close one, 23-17. Because I think Bill Belichick is still going to have the Patriots as like a 9 or 10 win team. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Niners. Um, I think this is going to be sort of the game that we remember during the regular season for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, largely, I mean, we know why, right? Like, that's that's where he used to play. Right. Um, and what? I just... Yeah, no, he, he used to back up Tom Brady. You didn't Get know out that? of town. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I just think it, it's going to be one of those regular season games where we see Garoppolo play really well. And um, That would be cool. Yeah, and so I think the 49ers are going to win. They have a better roster. The Pats still have a really good defense. Um, like the rest of the world, I have zero idea what their offense is going to look like, and I think Bill Belichick is kind of relishing in that fact, and that's probably the reason why, as you mentioned, they're going to win nine games. Right. Um, but I'm I'm going uh, I'm going San Francisco six and one at this point. Yeah, I have them seven and zero, oh, but I have their first loss coming week eight uh, against the Seahawks in Seattle. One twenty five p.m. kickoff. I have the Niners now losing this one twenty three to seventeen because the Seahawks. It doesn't matter. They're going to be good. Nothing matters with them. Yeah, yeah, I. I go back and forth with the Seahawks all the time because my natural inclination is to say like, yeah, their their roster just isn't good enough. And then you see Russell Wilson just do crazy Russell Wilson things. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go a loss two here because I mean, six and two through the first eight is, is just fine. Um, but it's, it's going to be a tough game. I think Seattle still very much remembers what happened in week 17 and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that they deserve to win that game, but they were really, really close. And the way Russell Wilson was cooking in the second half, uh, what was it? Three straight touchdown drives that they put up on the Niners. And if the Niners defense takes a step back, like we think it might, um, Wilson might be able to put up a ton of points and you have guys, you know, DK Metcalf in his second season might end up being, you know, really good. So, um, yeah. I have them losing in Seattle. I do as well. I have them at seven and one at this point, week nine, Another Sunday night football game, this time against the Packers, who the Niners uh, Thursday night game. twice. Thursday night game, that's what I said. Thursday night, uh, November 5th, 5.20 p.m. kickoff at the pocket. Niners-Packers, uh, I have the Niners winning this one 34-24. And I, I think it's one of those games where the Niners are up like 34-10 and the Packers get a couple of scores at the end to make it look closer than it was because I think the Niners were way better than the Packers last year, and I think they're going to continue to be way better than the Packers. Yep. Uh, I don't have any more analysis than that. We saw it twice last year, why the like, 49ers were better. Um, people want to – People want to. I, I say people. There are some people who want to say that the Niners 13-3 and last year was fluky. It was way more legitimate to me than Who the Packers 13-3. and What – no, I, I'm not saying it's like a prevalent thing. I'm just okay. saying like if 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 a person has that thought process, the Packers 13 and 3 was more so. Right. Well, the Niners so the Niners won in 
Seattle, obviously. Uh, they won in New Orleans, and they were a couple plays away from winning in Baltimore. I wasn't trying to relitigate last year. <laughs> I'm just if it, my my point was if somebody wanted to go, well, the Niners weren't leg- like okay, fine, but neither were the Packers. Then that's all. I okay. think the Niners were good, and their thirteen and three is perfectly legitimate. If they go thirteen and three again, I wouldn't be surprised, okay. as you'll find out as our predictions go on. Uh, I have the Niners at eight and one. Yep. You have them at seven and two going into yep. New Orleans. I have the Niners losing this one. Another shootout, 38-34. I think it goes a lot like last year's game with maybe a couple more defensive stops, and the Niners come out on the wrong side of this one. But I think we come away from it going like, oh, those are two of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, I agree. Um, The Saints' offensive line is better. Their defense is going to be better. They got Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Drew Brees might be hitting that point. That like he might be that guy that we saw in the playoffs that that starts to take a nosedive from a production standpoint, but that is a loaded roster. Going to New Orleans and winning two times in two years is about as difficult a task as you could imagine in the NFL. And um, you know, I I just think it's I don't I, I think without Emmanuel Sanders, it's I mean with him being on the other sideline, I think that that kind of swings things right now. Yeah, um, I think I think that's right. All right, going into bye the bye week. week, I have the Niners at eight and two. You have them at seven and three. The Niners open the bye week, uh, week twelve, at the Los Angeles Rams, SoFi Stadium. At SoFi Stadium, yeah, their first visit to SoFi Stadium. Have you seen the scoreboard setup they're going to have? Yeah, it's banana sandwich. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. So if I, you haven't seen it, it's it's basically like a halo that's going to hang from the ceiling. And the reason why is it's it's a halo is you can see, um, like if you're sitting down below towards the field, you could look up and see it from the other side, like you would at an NBA arena when it hangs from the middle. And then if you're way up top, on the outside of the halo will be another video board that's really close to where you're sitting if if that's your better angle. So it's going to be a really unique setup. Um, Google it because I don't know if what <laughs> I said makes any sense, but uh, yeah, you should check it out. It's going to be cool. <laughs> Jerry That's World West like, hey, me. pause the pod, go Google some stuff. Uh, this is my first one that I'm actually going to change. Oh, wow. I've been sticking with my exact predictions because I went through and kind of penciled out some uh, penciled out some predictions beforehand. But this is one of those ones where I think the schedule is going to allow the 49ers to win. I had them losing this one, uh, but I'm actually going to have them. I'm changing it. I'm changing it to a Niners win. Okay. And I think they win 30 to 20. If the Rams are not very good at this point, SoFi Stadium could be very, very crowded with 49ers fans. Or crowded with no fans. No, I mean, the, the there was probably... I, I No, I mean, like, last fans aren't allowed in games. Oh, right. True. Um, last year at the Coliseum, it was probably about 50-50. Rams, Niners fans. I want to say, what, week four? No, it wasn't week four. Uh, week six? Yeah, I think it was week six. They completely throttled the Rams. Um, a lot of Niners fans at that one. Now we're, get, now we're getting to the interesting part of the schedule. I, I'm really intrigued by this. So you think the Niners win that one? You also have the Niners winning that one against the Rams? Yes. Sorry. Okay. You cut out for a second. Yes, Okay. So Eight and three. Okay, I have them at nine and two. Okay. Yeah. Monday night game home against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I have no idea if the Bills are good or not. I didn't even know last year. Like, 
if they had played in the AFC title game, I wouldn't have been surprised, but losing in the first round of the Texans was also not a surprise. Like, they're such a weird team. I think they're going to go as Josh Allen goes. And because of that, I think the Niners win 20-14. to 14. Their defense is good. The Bills is. The Bills are. The Bills' defense is good. Uh, but Josh Allen, like, he's going to make a couple of plays where I think the Niners' defense is just going to have to kind of put up their hands and go, you know, that's what happens sometimes. But I also think he's going to make some pretty atrocious plays against a really good Niner defense, and the Niners pull out a win. So the Bills are at that very interesting point that sometimes NFL teams go through where it's like, all right, they were good for one year and they're going into the next season with a ton of expectations and they're either going to become like a legit Super Bowl contender or they're going to fall back to earth um, because they weren't able to handle the expectations they had going into the year. And I think when you look at the AFC East, particularly with Tom Brady out now, the Bills are that team, right? Everybody's expecting the Bills to roll that division. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I, I do think the Niners are going to win. That's a tough ask coming all the way out here uh, to, you know, from Buffalo to, to play. It is a Monday night. Um, but, I mean, I just think, you know, I, I think the Niners are are better. The Bills might end up being, it might end up being a really tough game. And if Kyle Allen, if Josh Allen, sorry, does make a bunch of plays, um, it'll be a tough game. Might maybe closer than people expect, but, um, I really like the way the Bills have sort of built their team. So, but I'm giving it to the Niners nine and three. Yeah. I think the Bills are going to be good, but I, I, I think the Niners win. I have them at nine. You have them at nine and three, 10 and two. Yep. I have the Niners going to 11 and two in week 14. Uh, beating Washington 41 to 13. Yeah, um, I agree. Washington had the second overall pick in the draft for good reason. Um, but Chase Young joining that defense is going to be something to watch. If Ron Rivera can can get Dwayne Haskins to play well, that's a team that's, um, you know, I don't know that they're going to contend for a playoff spot necessarily, but they, they're a team that's probably closer to like six or seven wins than, you know, three or four um so yeah what and and this is another sleepy game like short week um the bills are really physical so a short week coming off the bills game um it might be one of those games that the niners kind of sleepwalk through we'll see um and obviously where they're at in the standings and stuff could could dictate that but uh yeah niners are i have them winning 10 and 3 10 with 11 and 2 what about at dallas Woo! this is spicy this is a really fun game. I think so. Yeah, I'm glad they I'm glad they didn't do the Thanksgiving thing because like Niners Cowboys is going to have a lot of pomp and circumstance regardless just because of the remnants of the rivalry from the 80s and 90s. I think it's very much still there. Um I think the Niners lose this game though at Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be really good. I think Mike McCarthy especially late in the year, is going to have them playing well. It might take them a little while to get going. So it may be one of those things where Dallas enters this game with like like seven or eight wins, but they're they're like a lot better than that. Um, and and I, have the, I have the Niners losing this one, 31-26. So I have the Niners winning um, be- because I just, I mean, this is going to be one of those games where you say, all right, we're the more experienced team. We came off. We went to the Super Bowl last year. It's December. Um, we need to get a buy or the number one seed if we can. And that's we're going to put 
our pedal to the metal and, and throw all we can at this game because Washington is probably going to be um, not the most intense game, right? Washington at home. So I think they're going to go to Dallas with a ton of intensity and it's going to be one of those games sort of similar to like Seah- to Seahawks in week 17 last year where they just, they're kind of lights out um, because they know the stakes. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm giving the Niners a win. So we both have them at 11 and three going into the final two games. Yeah, and I have them. I actually have them going back to back losses here. I have them also losing at Arizona, thirty seven thirty one, because I think Arizona is going to be too good to beat twice. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I think the same thing. I think they're going to split with Arizona, so I have them falling eleven and four. Maybe sort of a, I mean, not a trap game because it's going to probably be a big game. But the fact yeah. of coming back from Dallas a late a late Sunday night game against Dallas and then having it to might travel be a Saturday again. Saturday game. Yeah, if it's a Saturday game and you have to travel after Sunday night, that could be really rough. Um, and Kyler Murray's not the guy to really play at, at that um, at that stage or, or in those circumstances, I should say. So yeah, eleven and four, both going into Week Seventeen versus Seattle. Yeah, Week Seventeen home Seattle. I have the Niners winning this one. Uh, I actually have them winning. Even if this is like for the NFC West crown, I don't think this one is going to be nearly as close as last year's. I think the Niners win 27-17, and I don't, I, I, I don't think it's even that close. Like I think it's one where it's a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter, or maybe the Seahawks score late, and maybe they're driving at the end of the game or something. But I, I think the Niners win, and I think they assert themselves as the best team in the NFC West. Hmm... So do I go twelve and four with you, or do I pander? Pander. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had them losing in Seattle, so I'll say they split with them and they go twelve and four. So they what? Yeah, the Niners. I mean, these predictions are silly, but the uh, it's really dumb. Like we, I'm putting <laughs> no stock into this. But it, it gives us an opportunity to go through each 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 thing, um, or each game. Yeah, I mean the, I kind of like. I think there's something like this doesn't this isn't going to make any sense, but I think the Niners are going to play Seattle better on the road than they will at home. Interesting. Why? Just sort of in general, because when you play a road game, you have a different edge about you. Whereas if you're playing at home, sometimes you're more comfortable. And then when you do find yourself losing instead of being in like comeback mode, you're kind of in like lemon booty mode where the entire stadium's like, what's happening? Why are you losing? And then it this weird energy sort of takes over games. And we've seen it a lot mm-hmm. at Levi's Stadium. Not not recently um, with the with this team. Not per- particularly not last year. Um, but I think when you're when it's you against everybody, like, and you're in a hostile environment, um, I think sometimes that brings teams together and and has teams play with a little bit more focus and. You know, like Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't particularly good in that home Seahawks game um, last no, was year, bad. but he was really good in Week 17 on the road. Um, so I don't know. I like if I'm the Niners, I would have almost preferred to have this game on the road. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that's wild. But I think going to Seattle and winning that game in Week 17 last year was really the reason they had so much confidence and were playing so well in the playoffs because they're like, all right, we won in New Orleans. We won in Seattle. We can go win anywhere. Um, So we're just going to roll these teams at home. And, you know, it's a little bit different. I think they're going to, I think that'll be the case regardless. Like they did it in 2019. I don't think that's going to change in 2020. Like it's a lot of the same guys. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, um, I just it what's the the thing this year is you remember last year before the season, it was like I can see the Niners going five and eleven. I can see them going eleven and five. Like everything's kind of on the table. If they finish like worse than twelve and four this year, I think something will have gone wrong. Yeah. Like if, they, if they if they if everything goes kind of exactly how we we uh, did our way too early predictions here, I think it would be fine. Like you're just going thirteen and three in the NFL is really hard. Right. And. A couple more bounces. The Niners are eleven and five last year, or fourteen and two, or fifteen and one. Like it's just kind of the ebbs and flows of a season. So losing to Forrest Buckner, losing Emmanuel Sanders, coming back this year and only finishing one game off the pace from last year, I think is is a really successful season. Yeah, you win twelve games. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very just, successful. Like, but so I think I think finishing my... like eleven, I think like ten or eleven wins though is is where when you look at the schedule, either a team that we didn't think was going to be really good is really good, or like I said, something went sideways for the Niners. So my theory on just sort of like the NFL in general is there's probably like five to ten plays during a season that define whether or not you win like eight games or like eleven or twelve games. And like the ty- yeah. the type of plays I'm talking about, like George Kittle in uh, New Orleans, Drake Greenlaw making the tackle. Um, the the opposite direction of that is the Julio Jones touchdown at the end of the Falcons game, um, the fourth down in Baltimore that the 49ers couldn't convert before you know losing that one. Um, you know they're they're in a season there are all these game swinging plays that sort of define whether or not you win or lose those games, and then. You know, you end up going, you know, thirteen and three instead of, uh, you know, eleven and five or whatever. Right. Um, and so I, that, that's that's what's like, so interesting about the NFL to me is like we can analyze this all we want, but really it just comes down to like who makes the play at the key time of the game when a play needs to be made, and that's what the 49ers were really good at doing last year, um, with the exception of the last game that they played in Miami, but. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they keep that up next year. Yeah, that's that's. Oh, bless you. Yeah, sorry, man. About that. Allergy season, right? We can cut that out. Okay. I think I got it from your cats. Probably they just walked in. You probably hear them meowing. They're hungry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I was expecting when I first looked at the list of opponents to to think that that the Niners were going to be, you know, a couple games worse than last year, but like 13 and three again, wouldn't be a huge surprise. I think the path to get there though is going to be different. I do think we see a defensive regression a little bit, but I do think we see Jimmy Garoppolo play better. Uh, I, I, I think we see the offense kind of take a couple of steps forward, even if the defense takes a step or a half step back. Yeah. And the, the last thing we should mention is that there's only no. going to be one by team. So only the top seed in each conference gets a buy. There's going to be one yeah. more wild card team. Um, so really, if you're the 49ers and like you're hitting the stretch of the year where it's like, all right, we're going to be one of these wild card teams, but we're not going to get a first round buy. Maybe they sort of just cruise through the end of the season and you know, like just try to be just try to be peaking once the playoffs start from a health from a health perspective. Yeah. Um, rather than you know busting their ass to to be, you know, a, uh, I don't know, a five seed instead of a seven seed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, for sure. 
I, and they I could they could end up getting in the playoffs at ten and six, and people will be like, oh, they're ten, you know, ten and six. But ultimately, it doesn't matter if you're in the tournament. You're in the tournament, and I think yeah. the way the Niners are constructed, health permitting, they're good enough to beat anybody. Obviously, yeah, and they, I mean, they went thirteen and three last year, dealing with a bunch of injury issues. Right. So if if Trent Williams comes in and plays at a high level, if the defense bounces back, like I said, and only takes even a half step or or one step back, I, I think I. I I think the path to thirteen and three again and another one seed is is there. It, it wouldn't surprise me, but also a game or two worse uh, wouldn't wouldn't shock me either. So uh, either way, the Niners are, are going to be really good next year, guys, and they the shade should be a playoff team. Do you think Bang. I should cut my hair on my own or just let it ride? Um, that depends. Are you going to try and get fancy with like a fade, or are you just going to go like two guard all the way through it? I would probably just do, I would never try to do something fancy on myself. I would just do like a two all the way through. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, just do that and let it rock. You think I should do that? Yeah. I, or do you want to go, or do you want to keep the beard and go baldy with me? No, I, that, that's <laughs> too much. No, you have, you have way too much hair to do that. Definitely don't, definitely don't do that. Uh, yeah, I think you just go clippers. Just go two guard all the way through it, man. All right. We'll see. Or just let it, I mean, I don't know. It's up to you. We'll see. I, it's, it's a tough decision because I've never had hair like this. I don't know. I don't know just just let just, it grow. Like you're, you're not, when are you going to have a chance to do it again? Like I could come out of quarantine like oh, dude, like Tom a, Hanks and Castaway. A new person, yeah, right. Like I could, I could make up a lie. Like actually, I started playing guitar. Oh god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I spent I spent the last two months learning guitar. So just lean into that Bay Area hippie. Yeah, get some hemp bracelets it. and stuff. I love it. All right, that's our schedule show. We'll talk more about the schedule throughout the offseason, but I think next week we're going to start on Thursday, our old rush, where we go back through and we watch an old Niner game and recap it with different fun categories and uh, just kind of try and relive some games from from Niners past. We'll also have a more newsy pod, depending on kind of what comes out this week. And make sure you're subscribing, downloading, rating, reviewing, and don't miss an episode because even though it's the off season, it's not the off season for our podcast. We're going to work even harder to make sure we're bringing you fresh, new, fun content, uh, whether there's going to be football in September or October or November. Old Rush is a great name. Shout out to you for that. That's a, Thanks, that's man. A good, that's Thanks. a good name for this. Just came right to me. This is Candlestick Chronicles. He's Chris. I'm Kyle. See you next time.